Hello and welcome to Voyage to First Vintage. Wait, can we do that together? Ready? One, two, three. Hello, Hello and, and welcome, welcome to, to Voyage to First Vintage. You didn't? Okay, it's fine. <laughs> oh, I didn't know what part you wanted to get there. <laughs> I'm James. This is Danielle. Hi! <laughs> and we're here this week for another wonderful interview. I'm really excited. We've been cranking out the interviews lately, and I yeah. hope you guys are enjoying them as much as we are. We promise we'll have an update for you. Yeah. Next week. Next week, we will have an update. We haven't recorded it yet. Yes. We're slackers. But that's good. It means you'll be up to date on our update. That's right. It'll be like in the moment updates of what we've been doing. What we haven't been doing. <laughs> <laughs> we have been doing a lot, though. We've done a lot. We've made some good progress. Here's to quarantine. We're excited. We are finding the silver linings of quarantine, sitting on our butts, and doing all the research. Yep. That's basically what we're doing right now. Yeah, and boring the hell out of each other, talking about the parts of the business we're excited about. Yep, there's been multiple times where I've literally had to be like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go over here in my corner and just close my eyes and not think about wineries and Custom Crush and... All things wine for five minutes, please. She, she says it nicely now, but in the moment, it's, James, shut up. <laughs> I don't think I ever said those words exactly, though I might have been thinking them. <laughs> you were thinking much worse. <laughs> well, let's, let's get them into the meat of this whole thing. Yeah, so this week we have an interview for you by uh, Deb Alyssa Gary. Did I pronounce her Alyssa last name? Gary? Yeah, I think so. I think I pronounced her I last name we right. We talked to her for a while. <laughs> she we is really so enjoyed our chat with her. She's so great. The last thing we want to do is mess up her name. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so actually, um, Deb is the cousin of one of my coworkers at the forensic lab that I work at. So it was really cool to have the connection there because, you know, we're living in Oregon now and um, and Deb has a winery in Placerville, our hometown. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool and just like, just puts everything in perspective of how small a world this yeah. really is. And little did we know, um, we had, so we had talked to Ann Wofford earlier the same day. Yeah, and you heard that interview last week. And little did we know that she and Deb, other than just being in the industry in the same county, they had a connection from much earlier on. Mm -hmm. So it really just drives home how small of a world it can be sometimes in the yeah. wine industry how interconnected everybody is so we'll just leave you guys to it um and we'll get on to our interview with deb so for our listeners so we've hit record and we're on air now officially um of course this is not a live <laughs> podcast yeah. so we will edit and so like if there is something that you you like I do this all the time with James where I'm like, okay, we need to edit that out. So please feel free to be like, okay, edit that out. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> um, so um, could we start by um, introducing you to our listeners and maybe you could tell us um, about your winery and how you got started? Yeah. So um, my name's Deb Gary, and I uh, started Ursa Vineyards with my husband, Greg Stokes. And we had our first vintage in 2001, and right. we bought the property that our winery sits on, 2003. We got married somewhere in there. It was very crazy a uh, few years. <laughs> but before we started all of this, um, we worked for other wineries. So 
we came into this having sort of a lot of um, practical experience, mm-hmm. and um, we're, we were able to apply that. Awesome. So that was helpful. In 2008, when things started to go south, um, not unlike now financially, yeah, uh, we uh, it's a little scary for these luxury items, but yeah. um, we, we really depended on our wholesale um our wholesale part of our business. And then we kind of backed away from our direct-to-consumer retail business and started focusing on Custom Crush. Okay. And that really kept us afloat. That was, it was a great pivot for us. We learned so much from those few years. And now um, we've been bought out by um, a Texas winery, Bending Branch, mm-hmm. and we are their California winery. and. It's just been remarkable. It's it's been really good. Greg and I continue to make wine, which is what we're good at and what we like. They take, you know, control of all the sales and the things that is a different kind of talent. And um, so that's been going on for four years. Awesome. It's been been nice. Good. And um, how long were you guys in the wine industry and, and what were you doing in the wine industry before you guys started your own label in winery? So Greg's, um, he he had a small winery while he was working for David Bruce. Okay. And um, yeah. he has a lot in Santa Cruz Mountains, mm-hmm. and he has a lot of experience with vineyards. So he was doing vineyard relations, contracts, okay. um, you know, sourcing fruit, all of that. Okay, yeah. Um, and I, I came on as a seller rat just wanting to stay in the Santa Cruz area after I graduated, uh-huh. mm-hmm. so I got to learn up and both oh. worked at David Bruce at that time, and David Bruce uh, was a doctor who was really excited about innovation and learning, and um, he liked to experiment, so he let his production staff do a lot of things that okay. we might not have been able to do, so I got to learn a lot there, and then... Um, I went to um, Bargetto in SoCal, which is also in the Santa Cruz area, mm-hmm. okay. and I was um, the assistant winemaker to Paul Wofford, and I think you know the Wofford. Yes. Yes, we did. We do. I was, uh, we were actually just talking to Anne this morning. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. so funny. What a small world. She's awesome. Yeah. She so yeah. Awesome. She's wonderful, and her husband was like my favorite boss. He was Aww. so good. I learned so from him. That's, <laughs> That's so awesome. good. That's yeah. so great. Um, so anyway, and then um, we eventually uh, ended up here. We knew that we wanted to start our own winery, and um, this is where we wanted to go because we were focusing on Petite Syrah. Oh, okay. And yeah. Um, yeah, and Greg, so Greg felt that this would be a really great place to grow it. Mm-hmm. We came here, you know, things change. As you're getting into your business, you realize oh, that may not be the most profitable decision for us. We may need to do this or, right. you know, you adapt and it changes. But I'm really glad that we came here. It's It's been great. That's so it's good. beautiful. So are you currently growing uh, Petite Syrah and is that what you ended up growing when you started your business then? 
So what we ended up doing, and it seems sort of silly that we call ourselves Ursa Vineyards, but since that was the initial idea, Mm -hmm. um, we came here, we bought the property, and we didn't realize how little water was on it. Um, We headed into it right after we bought the property, so we cleared for a vineyard, Mm -hmm. and we ended up not planting. We have lots of cute cows. That hang out in that area. (laughs) But um, we have a lot of neighbors who grow great grapes, and um, we've never had a problem sourcing fruit. Okay. So we did for a long time make petite syrah from local vineyards. Okay. Yeah. And then we started, uh, we did focus a little bit on Tanat. We were the first um, winery in California to bottle it on its own it's a basque varietal oh yeah and i was making yeah it's it's cool and it's in um like all of the south american reds they blend it in there it's just okay. a, a really good body build for wines for bordeaux mm. especially um and i had started a basque blend on my own before greg and i got married mm-hmm. and we are continuing that label w- along with our vineyard Okay. And again, all all owned by Bending Branch, but mm-hmm. so then we started focusing on Tanat and um, the different varietals that we could blend into that. Oh yeah. Right. Um. So you said that you closed the winery in Plasterville. Is that right? We closed our tasting or tasting room. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. And. Hmm. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. I mean, it's it's just kind of a a weird little story and it's it's just not um it's not like a straight through line but um when bending branch bought ursa vineyards mm-hmm. um they opened a tasting room in comfort texas so ursa vineyards has a really nice tasting room in texas <laughs> okay and then the That's production awesome. side is here yeah and i actually didn't know how how many wineries were based out of Texas. I kind of thought Texas to be this, you know, dry, I don't know, environment not suitable for wines, but it sounds like that, you know, wines, wine grapes grow pretty well there. It is a big state. It is a big state. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big state, and it has a lot of microclimates, but um, Mm -hmm. it's interesting. I I feel like, uh, well, there's a lot of good wines in Texas, I think, what I've tasted, and Mm -hmm. my husband is making wine there with Bending Branch, but Mm -hmm. um, they have have the hardest weather to grow grapes, so they're really vintage-dependent. Okay. So you really, really get, you know, your true vintage there because... You know, they could have, uh, well, they have the humidity, but they also have late, um, what do you call it, hailstones that come through. Oh, yeah. Massive. There's just a lot of uh, (coughs) very, when it comes to growing grapes there. Yeah. So what varietals do they tend to grow out in Texas? Are there any that really dominate? Yeah, Bending Branch um, uh, makes peak pool. Oh, yeah. It's a really nice. Mm -hmm. And I'm from the south of France. And then um, they're doing Tanat out there. uh, uh, Dr. Bob, who owns Bending Branch, is a medical doctor, and he's very interested in the health benefits. Oh, that's neat. Tanat, yeah, as a varietal, has quite a few. uh, Mm -hmm. Ruvestrol and 
don't know if I'm even saying that right, but all of those wonderful <laughs> things that you can get from blueberries and chocolate okay. and wine. Oh, yeah. yeah. The antioxidant yeah. properties. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then um, there's they're doing a lot of nice blends out there, too. Okay. okay. So I think it's, I think it's I-90. There's a, there's a freeway or a highway, mm -hmm. and there's just a bunch of wineries on it. And okay. uh, it's just, it's really up and coming. The high, awesome. high country, awesome. hill country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We probably drove right by and didn't even know. Yeah. <laughs> we did a road trip <laughs> yeah. a while back and yeah. drove through Texas. So. Yeah. We did a, a four-month road trip across well, the United States. Yeah. Um, a couple, you uh, know, couple don't forget that. It's, oh, I'm sorry. What oh, was that? Sorry, it was a couple years ago, though. <laughs> the mm -hmm. road trip that we took. You weren't focused on one Well, I was going to say, don't forget that if you do stop um, at a winery, this can now be a business expense. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, yeah. Right? <laughs> I forgot yeah. about that. That's research. That's research. R &D. That's right. Yeah. R&D. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yep. And so, how is um, how is Branch Point doing now with all of the the bending coronavirus? Branch. Huh? Is it bending Can you branch? say that again? Oh, I'm sorry. Bending branch. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't hear your question. Yeah. Um, how are they doing now with the coronavirus and all of that craziness? You know, they've done a really great job, and, and Bob was really on it from the beginning because he, you know, had a good understanding of what could come out of that. Mm -hmm. um, so they they were um, posting on their Instagram, and, you know, they did an um, email to their wine club members, curbside pickup, you know, all of this free shipping. So they've really addressed it, and even though they can't have visitors in the tasting room at mm -hmm. this time... Um, people are still getting their wines. And okay. Well, I think great. a lot of wineries are doing that, yeah, because yeah. you've got to take care of your wine club members. Yeah. For sure. And so are you seeing mm -hmm. that people are being supportive of um, of your wineries still and, and maybe even more so than they usually would in this time where, you know, it's, it's a pretty difficult time for everybody? Yes, yes. In fact, um, Greg was in Texas. So... Um, Greg, my husband, Greg, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. does the winemaking here um, and does winemaking in Texas. So he's there about 25% of the time, sometimes for the entire month of August to um, go through crush wow. with them. But wow. so he was just there and mm -hmm. uh, they had a wine club pickup and he was one of the people that was, you know, hauling bottles and cases out to the cars. And he said everyone was really receptive and, um, really appreciated kind of that extra effort yeah so that's good i hope i hope that goes for all wineries because it's you know a lot of small businesses that can mm -hmm. get hurt from this oh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and um mm -hmm. how do you guys um how are you guys dealing with greg being in texas a lot of the time is that difficult for winemaking that's going on in plasterville as well or not yeah so um it's and there, there's almost like two parts to that. There's the personal part, yeah, and then the winemaking part. Um, we really have it down to a science from from crush to bottle. We've done it for so long, and we've done it together for so long, and now we have um, a part time person who comes, Andrew, and works with us 
um, he's helped out a great deal and he's done it for a few years with us so he also has a good understanding there's a lot of uh, seasonal patterns that go with winemaking mm-hmm. and so um, you know we can do maintenance quite easily without Greg but okay. um, he, he's the master blender so he puts together all of our blends I taste mm-hmm. through everything um, but what we you know like absolutely need him for are those big decisions but the smaller mm-hmm. maintenance stuff yeah. can be done with Andrew okay yeah myself yeah. yeah well it sounds like you have the best job out of everything there being able to just taste well not just okay. but taste through everything you know what though I, I absolutely do so I really am part-time and um I have uh we homeschool our daughter okay yeah and so <laughs> so I get to do like you know wine work and then I do a lot of administrative government compliance work and then uh my daughter goes to school two days a week and then the three days at home okay, uh, oh, okay. Kind of stuff. yeah so i i love my life right now it's, it's so got good. a lot of good things going on. yeah that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome and do you find it difficult though to balance like you know the the winery and you know your own personal life or is it kind of intermingled and, and it's easiest that way for you to be that way you know i i did find it hard to balance especially when we were starting out um and then um i have three stepkids and so we were all here together mm-hmm. and uh, it you know there was a lot more demands on like house stuff and things like that it right. took me a long time and and then also being torn uh by being at the texting room and that's something I think that comes up a lot for the family-based wineries and for what mm-hmm. you two are, are going to attempt mm-hmm. is, um, is is finding out that there are probably four different businesses within one business. So you, if you were going to do a tasting room, that's one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing wholesale, that's another one. I know you guys yeah. are going to do vineyard, that's another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the production. So um, it, it can really tear you up. So yeah. don't hesitate to find support wherever you can, you okay. know. That's important. Yeah. And did you guys end up hiring people to help you guys out with your uh, winery and vineyard when you first got started? Or did you know, you guys- um, we did. Uh, we, we hired... Um, a friend of ours who's also a mechanic, so that was very helpful getting oh, yeah. everything started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then um, I had help when uh, Olivia, our daughter, was a baby because I could either, you know, be with her all day or I could kind of get this business started, but I was right. having a hard time doing both. So um, I did hire a nanny. Okay. Um, and also, yeah, and also my oldest stepdaughter um, was sort of the other mother. So uh, we did have help, definitely, with the baby. Oh, <laughs> While so we good. were raising yeah. up the other baby. Um, yeah, and, but we didn't need too much. I guess the other thing that we did need to hire somebody for was outside sales. So okay. yeah. hitting the wholesale market 
it can be very charming to have like the small winery person go in Mm -hmm. but sometimes these wine buyers are busy and they don't want to be bothered and if you've got a broker that knows the way in and and knows all the you know language and you know schedules and all of that that's very helpful so we did have that okay would you that's something to consider would you suggest keeping that open as an option or exploring that from the beginning for someone starting out um building up a wine brand awesome i would um because if the direct-to-consumer retail that you would be doing from your tasting room, which I'm assuming you'll be having, mm-hmm. um, if for some reason that falls off, like mm-hmm. what's happening right now, mm-hmm. then if you have some wholesale sales going on, um, you know, that pipeline could still be flowing. Yeah, okay. so, right. Um, it is hard to get in someone's book, as they call it, to mm-hmm. get in with the broker but um but they're 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 great you know it's a whole nother side of the business do do you know do a lot of wholesalers and brokers look um at your case capacity as kind of a limiting factor for whether they'd like to do business with you or not it depends on if they are selling to high-end markets local markets Mm -hmm. Um, high-end restaurants, those are the ones that would be more open to um, smaller case production. That's what you're talking about? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, but if you're a broker that wants to sell to Costco, you need to make sure that your label, whoever you're selling, can satisfy that demand. So, yeah, it would come into consideration, but Mm -hmm. there's there's a niche for everyone. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's heartening. Yeah. So what was... Oh, totally. What was one of, like, the very first steps that you took to um, getting your winery going? Because for us... Wait. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) No, I didn't hear your question. Oh, sorry. Yeah. um, What was, like, one of the first steps that you took to get your winery off the ground and going? Um, For us... um, we've been kind of hitting a a standstill point if you will where you know we've planned basically all that we can we have a business plan we've checked numbers and everything Mm -hmm. and we've looked at properties and we're kind of just looking for that next step of like what we can do to get things going get things rolling Mm -hmm. Hmm. okay so and i have heard your podcast so i know that you have the business plan and i thought that was awesome because so many people do want to jump in mm-hmm. um and um james i think i heard you talking about equipment right yep. yeah um that you'd been looking into mm-hmm. um we did buy some things before mm-hmm. we were even crashing if you have you know that cash flow uh-huh. i don't know if you're going to do this with investors or not but you can start shopping now um that's a good idea and kind of kind of set that up and that's also got the same effect as like a vision board if you've got some equipment there you're already mm-hmm. you know moving towards that that end goal okay yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah and did you have your it's property expensive. sorry <laughs> what was that? um do you did you have your property at the time that you guys were starting to buy equipment and all of that 
So we had some equipment beforehand because he and I both had started a little label beforehand. Okay. okay. Um, and we, because our vintage, first vintage was 2001, but we didn't move here till 2003. Right. Um, we, we rented space at other wineries. You can always go to a custom mm-hmm. crush facility mm-hmm. and have them do your first vintage or two while you're getting your property put together. Okay. The government compliance takes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you want to start producing, there are ways to do that before you get your property. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and it took us it took us about a year to okay. get this property. It was a long escrow, and you know, but the government compliance part that that went really well. All right. So Good. yeah. Yeah. All right. But, but, yeah, we just focus on it, and and you know, you can start production before you buy that land if okay. uh, it's the thing that's holding you yeah. back. Yeah. yeah, that is something we've been exploring is uh, custom crush options. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just getting in touch with people is our best next step yeah. on that front. Yeah, um, I think that we've, yeah, yeah we've, um, we've struggled a little bit because Oregon isn't necessarily where we'd like to end up. And so we're... That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you're thinking of ending up in California, correct? Yeah, yeah. That would be preferable, I think, at uh-huh. this point. Yeah. So somewhere yeah. in the Foothill area, uh, we've been looking at a lot of properties in uh, Fairplay and Camino and Placerville. Out in Amador County a little yep. bit. Mm-hmm. Out in Amador. Yeah. So um, I think one of the things that we've been discussing is, you know, if we start a custom crush here in Oregon, is it going to be simple enough to transfer a label, that same label, maybe over to California, which I don't know is possible. (laughs) And then the other challenge is if we do it up here, if we need to be licensed here and in California, if we're doing a custom crush that's located in California mm-hmm. and just trying to figure those things mm-hmm. out have kind of held this up at yeah. the moment. Yeah, I could totally see that. I have lots of ideas that um, could probably be edited out, but if you yeah. have a permanent address here, which I think both of you are from the area, uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, you could always use that permanent address. Um, it, see, I don't know see how that would work yeah but i i think it would be difficult to do that between oregon california thing yeah yeah i think the distance and keeping in touch with a custom crush operator and being able to keep an eye on any fruit we purchase and all that stuff would be definitely a challenge yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well kind of where we're at right now but um do you have any advice for us as far as like um getting our our winery up and going or maybe like marketing techniques that you found to be extremely helpful or Or things to avoid or things um, to avoid (laughs) big problems that people tend to have that are avoidable i yeah i do um and keeping in mind that uh i wasn't a great marketer. <laughs> I mean, I was, you know, I don't know why I was the one that was in the tasting room because I started my career in the dark cellar working by myself. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I do have a, a few ideas. Um, 
something someone told me is actually Lexi Boger from Boger up here. Oh yeah, she said jump. Yeah, she 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 designed our first wine label, but um, she said, yeah, she said, don't give your wine away. So if you go and make a sales call, unless it's absolutely necessary, don't leave a bottle because it looks like you're not treating it with the respect it's due. Okay. And you never know where the bottle will end up. Yeah. You know, don't give your wine away. And then the flip side of that is. Always have two cases by your door for when any truck driver who comes to deliver anything to you does, you can give them a bottle of wine. Because they are, yeah, totally precious uh, in getting things to and from, very helpful, and uh, you always want a truck driver who's willing to come to your place. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's That's really good advice. I can say from... (laughs) It's opposite. What was that? Oh, I was going to say, I can say from experience delivering fruit, the actually the one place that gave me a bottle at the end of harvest, I have become a dedicated customer to them. And I always tell people that, you know, they're the place to go check out up mm-hmm. here um, if they can get in. So I can, at least That's on my awesome. end, it's, you know, yeah. the the people in that position, the truck drivers, the folks who maybe don't have the most fun job, the yeah. fun part of the yeah. experience of winemaking. Um, they That's definitely exactly are good right. people to have on your side. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, and then another group of people to always remember is servers. Oh, servers yeah. Servers work bottoms off, and they talk, talk, talk. I mean, they are a sales force. So um, if you are bringing your wine to a restaurant, or if you are having a tasting there, invite them to taste. Oh, I like that idea too. Mm-hmm. That is a really it's good so idea. <laughs> but, um, you know, you guys going into this, it sounds like you have a good balance just from hearing you on your podcast. Um, because working together is kind of interesting. And so one thing that Greg and I have learned is it's easy to relax both in your relationship and in your working relationship. Mm-hmm. And so you always have to um, kind of be on your best behavior as if <laughs> you yeah. were working with someone you're not married to or living mm-hmm. with or, you know, marrying with. Um, that's, that's really important. And then to also respect each other's talents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because those talents will be different. You, you you each bring something different to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to respect that and allow that. Um, but other than that, I don't know. Be careful with money. You don't need to yeah. buy everything. Well, it's, it sounds like you've gotten that advice before, too. And um, it sounds mm-hmm. like you guys are pretty creative about that. So We're trying to be. Yeah. Any way that we can save some money and and you know save a little bit up for a rainy day if something does you know go go waste go the wayside yeah as it always seems to do in farming <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the thing it is an agricultural product mm-hmm. and then i guess finally um don't be afraid of of the government there's so many rules mm-hmm. but most mostly they want you to succeed because your success 
is going to bring them money. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, if we do well, mm-hmm. they get more tax revenue. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. for sure. Exactly. And people mm-hmm. avoid talking to them so much, but they really can help you solve problems. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that is one of our uh, weaknesses is, you know, reaching out to people, you know, other than on this podcast, mm-hmm. you know, if we don't sorry, really have a ahead. connection in government, you know, yeah. it's it'll be difficult for us to reach out and contact yeah. them ourselves. I think, so, I think a lot of our shyness about that is we we think we're still at the very beginning mm-hmm. and we don't want to feel like we're bugging people with very basic questions. Um, but I think yeah. talking to you, at least we should be more, um, what would you say, more outgoing. Yeah, more more willing <laughs> more to brave just, pick up, just call, yeah. pick up a phone and call. Yeah, and just reach out and talk <laughs> to people. Because we definitely... Well, yeah, and especially... Well, like the, the Oregon-California question about Custom Crush, it's a great mm-hmm. question. And just, you know, approach them, hey, what if? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what if? and then... They know all the ins and outs and whatever. And then if you hear no, then you haven't really committed to anything. It's not mm-hmm. a tattoo. Yeah. You yeah. can pivot and find a new way. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think that's a really good idea. I think that's, that'll be our next step yeah. is to reach out and actually ask some yeah. ask somebody Just about bounce, bounce our ideas off someone. Yeah. Bounce our questions off someone. Yeah. Who's actually yeah. you know in the government and give us the right answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so I wanted to ask you, like, what are the next steps for for your winery? Like, what do you guys have coming up? That, that you're allowed we're to talk about. Yeah, that you're allowed to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that we're allowed to talk about. Well, we're sort of in that phase of, hmm, what does one want to do with retirement? But we're not quite mm-hmm. there yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, think, I think what's going to happen is... Um, Greg will probably be doing a few more Ursat Branch on High appearances. They've they've been uh, filming him, so he'll continue. Yeah, it's cute. Uh, So he'll continue to go out to Texas, and uh, we will continue to do our things here. Um, But the direct-to-consumer sales in Texas, meaning the sales through that tasting room, is getting stronger. So if that's the case, then perhaps our um, production will will increase. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's yeah. great. That's great news for you guys. It is. It's fun. It's winemaking. It's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a bit of a logistical question. How do you guys get your mm-hmm. wines from, from the Placerville area out to Texas? Do you bottle it and then yeah. ship it in cases? So we do a couple things. Okay. Um, we do ship in cases mm-hmm. and we also ship in barrel okay, okay. uh-huh yeah, that's just so. my own curiosity yeah <laughs> that's really interesting yeah, yeah. it's mostly cases okay um yeah and that's it's like any other wine mm-hmm. shipment you know, yeah. nothing, nothing fancy mm-hmm. no and then do they bottle at the texas winery then if they receive the barrels and they also okay. bottle and they, so they are a, they are their own winery so right. they produce and bottle and, uh, buy Texas fruit and and make um, very famous for their Texas tonight. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's that's the whole thing there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, you to... should check them out. They're 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 pre- it's pretty exciting just because I got to see them from the beginning. Till yeah. yeah, that's it's awesome. very nice. Well, that's great. Well, yeah. um, I don't know. Do you have any more questions? Um, yeah, it's kind of a cycling way back towards the beginning. <laughs> what did you find was the biggest change from working for someone to working for yourself? What do you think was the biggest uh, shift for you? Yeah, that's huge. Um, I think a lot of people are experiencing that right now mm-hmm. as yeah. they are forced to work from home. But uh, it's just keeping yourself going. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, you have to go to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, even if it's for yourself. And, Exactly. And no one's going to catch you and you can get away with it for a little bit. But mm-hmm. but really, you do need to have a schedule and you need to have a certain amount of discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the scary thing is you're also where everything lands on, you know. Yeah, so right. All risks, all mistakes, all successes. Yeah. And that's on you. And that's that's really a, a great feeling, but it is a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. All right. So, did you have like a, a daily schedule? Like, did you tell yourself, "I'm going to wake up at this time, and this amount of time I'm going to spend on winery business ideals, and um, you know, this yeah. amount of time is going to be spent with family and and whatnot." Yeah. So, uh, both Greg and I are like crazy list makers. I do it because I, I can get very scattered in my thinking and I really need a lot of structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every morning we have our coffee and, we, you know, we sort of have our week planned and know what's coming through the month, mm-hmm. but every day is scheduled. And, okay. um, you know, I don't do bullet journaling every hour, blah, 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 but mm-hmm. I do throw things in like workout. Yeah. Don't forget to eat human kind of thing you know yeah. all of it is written down and it doesn't all get done I mean it's like the Golden Gate Bridge and painting it's mm-hmm. it, it flips you know you're gonna yeah. have right. some uh, Tuesday goes into Wednesday but to have a little bit of structure for yourself some mm-hmm. people don't need that maybe you guys won't need that but oh, that's I definitely what we do need it and we continue to do it <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> organization makes my heart so happy <laughs> yeah Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we're a good balance. Danielle's very, very organized. She's definitely the list maker. And I... I'm kind a, of fly by the seat of your pants. I'm a bit more, yeah, seat of the pants. <laughs> What's going to light you my know, fire today? That is actually great because uh, with Greg and I, I am very minutiae-oriented. Mm-hmm. And he has really good picture. And it, it's worked so well for us because you need to have a little bit of both. Yeah. I love that. I think that, you know, that makes sense that it makes, you know, it makes things work. (laughs) Having a little bit of both to to make the business keep going. I love that. Do you have any more questions? Um, No. Okay. Um, Do you have any questions for us or any topics that you want to bring up? Any warnings? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no warnings it'll be fun i just i'm really excited because what i'm seeing and i'm seeing it up here so when we got here we were like the 30th winery in el dorado county and mm-hmm. now there's you know hundreds oh yeah and what I'm, 
Yeah. And what I'm seeing, though, is, I mean, it's a younger generation, which is great. So already you guys are thinking in ways that we never did, you know, just even with the social media thing. But um, I see a lot of um, cohesiveness, like with the farms and then, you know, with other agricultural products. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's a lot of uh, communing having yeah. the wineries be part of a community. And I think that that's very exciting. So I can't wait to see what you guys do and where well, you end you. up. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited to be a part of El Dorado County's um, growing wine industry because, mm-hmm. you know, just it's... the ag industry there as a whole yeah. seems to be fairly tight-knit. I mean, I work at some pie shops and I work for Rainbow Orchards for a while. And you get to meet Love quite a few them. people yes. just by <laughs> working for one spot or the other. You know, people always come in yeah. by to say hi. And, yeah. You know, it's so, very tight-knit. Yeah. yeah, we're really excited. So, yeah. so what's, your, what's your time frame look like? So that is a very good <laughs> That's question. That's the real question. <laughs> that is um, the question. It, um, it all kind of boils down to... To the dollars at this point yeah and um how we can maintain some kind of income mm-hmm. in conjunction with mm-hmm. building this winery yeah um so what our general plan is is for me to be able to find a job in forensics hopefully um mm-hmm. in the sacramento area probably and mm-hmm. i've heard word that there might be one opening up in el dorado in, in the El Dorado County, mm-hmm. at least. Um, so I'm hopeful for that. <laughs> not, not putting mm-hmm. all my eggs in, in that basket, though. Um, but yeah, trying to find a job in that area first, kind of um, getting our feet some, under us as far as... At least for the both of us, trying to keep some income coming in outside yeah. of our wine business. Yeah, um, and then yeah, making and then the to, transition. Yeah, build the wine business and one or both of us slowly transition over. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. hopefully, if everything was perfect, you know, within a year or two, we'd be getting something off the ground. Yeah. Um, but, it's really exciting. Know, yeah. We're we'll just see. at the mercy of kind of, you know, the universe. Yeah. We've, we're doing <laughs> as much as we can to set ourselves up for it. Um, I don't think there'll ever yeah. be an exact perfect time yeah but as soon as it seems good and we both are comfortable ish i think we'll make the jump Mm -hmm. yeah that's great well good well i really look forward to watching you guys thank you you. yeah and that's another reason why we have this podcast is to keep everybody in the loop of of what we're doing and also have it be a motivator for us to Mm -hmm. keep on track and Keep, keep us honest. Yeah, mm-hmm. keep us honest. Keep moving towards our goals. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's at. really cool. Yeah, well, good. Well, Deb, thank you so much for being on our podcast yes, with you. us. It has been amazing oh, talking with you. <laughs> um, thank you for having me. This was yeah, my absolutely. first podcast. Oh, that's so yeah. exciting! <laughs> that's so awesome. We had such a fun time talking with you, and have obviously learned so much and. Mm-hmm. Um, love that you know you guys are doing something completely different and I say this each time it just blows my mind how different everybody 
is, um, you know, making their own way in, in the wine industry. And of course, you guys have come up with a completely different way to go about that. And and, and how diverse the businesses are and yeah. the opportunities are for everybody um, who gets yeah, something going. Something for everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's been really exciting. I'm really excited to follow along with your guys' adventure and see what's coming up for you next and um, see. And try some Texas Tonight. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's going on our yeah. list, Texas yep. Tonight. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do really appreciate it. Yeah. And if you do yeah. keep listening to us um, <laughs> and you can think of anything, we'd, we'd be more than happy to hear from you or talk to you again and talk over some finer points as we move forward yeah and get more advice um, to keep us on the straight and narrow <laughs> well thank you very much okay good luck guys thank you thank so you. much and uh hopefully we'll talk to you soon we'll keep following along with you on instagram and uh we can plug you guys here you guys have a an instagram ursa vineyards and yep. facebook as well <laughs> Yeah, Ursa Vineyards and Ursa at Branch on High. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. everybody needs to go follow them right now. Yeah. <laughs> we really hope that you enjoyed our interview with Deb. She is an amazing person. She um, was actually, you know, after all, all of this interview was over, she had emailed saying, you know, like, here are some extra pointers. Um, I should have actually pulled that up to read a couple of them. Go for it. Dig, dig, dig. I'm going. But we really enjoyed talking to her, um, and again, thank you, Deb, for coming on. Yeah, Hopefully thank you so much. Hopefully you're listening to this one, too, and you aren't afraid <laughs> of how we may have butchered any editing. It wasn't much to do, despite, um, I don't know, I always feel like when I'm talking, there should be something going on, but um, you're a wealth of knowledge, and we really enjoyed getting to talk to you. Yeah. So, sorry guys, I, and James, sorry. I, <laughs> I found found the email that Deb had sent, and she just wanted to give a little bit more advice. Uh, she said, this piece of advice actually came from Greg. Um, he said, when you build your winery, and you will, thank you, that means a lot. <laughs> I love that. Um, make it bitter, bigger than you've planned for. Um, invariably, every small winery outgrows their space. Also, your wine club could be the tipping point for your success, so treat them well. Uh, they are a consistent source of income and your most loyal fans. Finally, it's just wine. It will, when left on its own, make itself. Your job is to give it your spin and not mess it up. <laughs> That's the hard part, though, <laughs> yeah. not messing it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and she also said, um, also, when you asked me what I did, I think I left out the fact that I manage all the fermentations during crush, as well as general lab work. Mm -hmm. She is amazing. Yeah, I think she did downplay what, what she does a bit. Yeah. Like she said, she left some things out. I'm glad and thankful for the follow-up on that. Yeah. It was great. I'm just, I'm, I aspire to be like Deb. Like, I want to yeah. I want to be a Deb in our own winery. Okay, so. I'll just start calling you Deb. <laughs> I'm officially changing. Um, so uh, stay tuned for next week. We will have all the updates pertaining to Custom Crush. We really are, are kicking into high gear and getting some planning done. Uh, I don't think that we will jump into Custom Crush for this harvest, but we're definitely looking at next year being being our year that we yep. start our danielle's hot to trot on the custom crush yeah <laughs> i just wanted to say that you just wanted to say <laughs> hot to trot yep uh but yeah we've been making some big strides we've reached out talked to a lot of people 
gotten some ideas of what we need to do. Yeah. We've started to whittle down our cost analysis and things and Mm -hmm. all those fun, boring things. Um, But we won't go on and on about that right now. Yeah. Other than that, uh, we hope that you guys are staying safe, staying home. Mm -hmm. Um, With all the new information about COVID-19, I hope that we can provide some kind of break in that for you of your regularly scheduled downer of of news from that because it's always really devastating to hear yeah. about or if all you're the just tragedy going for a masochistic lockdown and you want to put yourself through the pain of listening to this all the time <laughs> we'll be here every week <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh you can find us on instagram at voiced first vintage if you do end up locking yourself in your room and just looking at all things voyage yeah, first bug us harass yeah. it well nicely harass us yeah <laughs> i feel like don't like really harass us that's rude no. yeah. and you can always email us at voyage to first vintage at gmail.com you can find us on instagram at voyage to first vintage i said that twitter you said I, email i said instagram first oh <laughs> we're also on twitter uh, <laughs> Go ahead. at voyage underscore first facebook I don't know At what else. First vintage. Uh, I think that's it for right now. Oh, in our Patreon. Patreon. Patreon's still up and running. We yep. still have our, our one loyal customers there. So yeah. You know who you are. <laughs> We're so happy to have you. <laughs> and we yeah. need to post content for them, more content yes, for them. Yes, we do. So uh, we'll be working on that. They get the direct line, though. That's right. They're... they're <laughs> close friends <laughs> <laughs> you, one might say the closest <laughs> uh, well we'll stop being stupid we'll let you guys go back to your quarantine relaxation um, yes and we'll talk to you next week thank talk you for listening week. bye, bye.